it's all about the team uh, if you if you typically talk to an investor right they'll look at three uh, dimensions right uh, whenever they make an investment so this is non linear thinking it's a very human centric th- thinking the number of successful exits like phantom cyber which was bought by splunk and demisto which was bought by palo alto and i think microsoft also bought something and ibm bought something right so you're saying it's not a zero sum game anymore in a startup everybody is so interdependent on the other hello and welcome to another amazing episode of pitch cafe podcast today we have with us a very special guest from silicon valley his name is sanjay soni i met him about 4 years ago where he was working on his latest startup which has got acquired and uh, it has had a successful exit and when i went to meet him at the startup the reason sanjay created a very good impression on me was he has so much knowledge about the technology and the market he's in and so much in depth knowledge that investors come to him for mentoring lessons and i was part of that mentorship session but also he had some really cool insights on leadership it's very hard to come by technology experts who are also uh, with high eq and strong leadership abilities if you are a startup founder or want to be a startup founder and you're looking at the security space sanjay soni is definitely the person who can be a super mentor for you with three successful startups uh, and moving on to his next venture sanjay has lot of insights for first time founders and seasoned founders as well without further ado let's bring on sanjay soni sanjay welcome to pitch cafe podcast thank you vidha and uh, thank you for the kind words as well um yeah. and just to be clear uh, everything that i know of is uh, thanks to people with whom i work and people for whom i work absolutely sanjay i think you have a fantastic and dedicated team who were able to clock in long hours but also you are a person who was motivating them to do that so let's get uh, straight into the discussion here um if you want to open the conversation uh with the audience about your uh, you know tremendous experience in the security space you know what has been your stint in the security space why is it that you have so many startups successful startups in in this particular space yeah i think uh, um i've been in the security space for almost 25 years and i have seen um the ups and downs and what works what doesn't work and um I'm pretty much guided by whatever I've learned and I would say every day is a new learning experience so uh, uh, no one can claim to be an expert in this particular space and there's always what I would say uh, lots of new things happening uh, people make all kinds of predictions uh, about the security space you know this technology is hot this technology this is the year of xdr this is the year of sasi but at the end of the day the action in the security market is determined by someone who has the biggest say right and that's the guy the person called the hacker 
<laughs> gosh this is the first time i'm uh, listening to someone who puts in so much power in the hands of a hacker so tell us more about what what a hacker can do and why security startups are scared of this guy i think uh, you can uh, dream up about all kinds of uh, defenses but at the end of the day when there's a threat like say ssl heartbleed which uh, happened in 2014 or log4j which happened recently or colonial pipeline attack all the attention or oxygen is essentially sucked out by the threat of the day the threat of the month or the threat of the year so uh, that's what everyone chases but uh, uh, by the time they get to some kind of solution the action shifts somewhere else so uh, that's why it's an interesting one wow with that uh, in mind uh, i know that you you you're on a roll you're on a hat trick it's your third startup now uh, with tala security uh, what is it like to build a feature of a platform or a standalone function what's the difference in the security space what is that what does that mean okay so uh, there's always been historically a debate about uh, whether security should be a feature of something else that a customer buys right like a client mm-hmm. a server or a switch or a router or uh, or some cloud capability right mm-hmm. or it should be a stand alone function uh, which right. is independent of the platform right and mm-hmm. there's no right and wrong answer uh historically at least what i have seen is um, in the first generation when the threat vector is really really quote unquote in the rocket science territory right mm-hmm. people uh, customers feel compelled to buy security as a standalone function which can respond uh, a lot quicker than um, let's say uh, the goliaths of this space you know um, mm-hmm. uh, um so uh, a classic example being in the mid 90s you know like uh, 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 there was this vendor called checkpoint right which uh, mm-hmm. was exclusively focused on network security and could respond a lot faster than the giants uh, who sold uh, a lot of the equipment to enterprises cisco mm-hmm. and other networking companies at that time so people f- felt uh, compelled to buy checkpoint as a firewall solution but mm-hmm. over a period of time when everyone understood how to defend basically network based attacks right. uh, literally every switch and router or even your home uh, netgear or like soho router pretty much has the capabilities that checkpoint did in mid 90s so 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 the point i'm making is that uh, in the first generation um, security almost always is a standalone function but over a period of time when people understand it well enough the defense and how to uh, incorporate that it invariably becomes as a, a feature of something else that a customer buys yeah so looks like the network um, control solutions are commoditized now they are parts of the network itself and uh, application and endpoint and data centric solutions are becoming more uh, the target for startups is that correct yeah i would say so the the network centric controls are uh, essentially uh, very limited uh, the latest incarnation of those is uh, you may have heard of the uh, sasi market or zero trust right so zero these are yes these uh, uh, or zero trust network access uh, control yeah. right yeah. so these uh, are basically uh, the bare minimum one has to do 
but one should not be under any illusion that these are uh, effectively going to counter the sorts of threats that uh, uh, a typical uh, enterprise, a financial institution or a, a government agency uh, encounters, right? So uh, network-centric controls pretty much fall in that category. The second point is like for a startup, when you start small, right? You have to find something that'll fit within an existing ecosystem. Trying to uh, disrupt basically the networking uh, market or the network security market, which is relatively, uh, I would say, more mature, is a, is a tough sell for a, an early stage startup. Right. Got it. It seems like a complex and evolving space because the threats are also getting complex and evolving and the solutions are also becoming complex and evolving because so much data is out there and the ability to manage data and process data is also becoming complex. Right. That's very, very true. And uh, um, in my uh, previous startup, we used to get uh, uh, telemetry from millions of browsers just for a handful of uh, large enterprise customers, we used to get like something more than like 10 million events a day. Oh my gosh. Browsers wow. all over the world, right? Oh my gosh. And, right. and the vast majority was basically noise. Mm. But uh, uh, finding the uh, signal uh, or uh, what you might say like signal in a haystack. Noise. Yeah, yeah haystack. A needle in a haystack, right? Yeah. Is, uh, is where the uh, art is and uh, I, in my experience, ML, data science, uh, they are useful, but not uh, a cure-all. And uh, lots of people don't like false positives. And uh, yeah. uh, controlling false positives uh, without some ground truth, as people call it, right, is very, yeah. very difficult. So, so you know, that's very uh, well, well put. If you look at uh, data-centric security solutions, which one will play better? Reactive? and proactive or <laughs> or is it a hybrid or what what would be i think it'll be a hybrid it'll be a hybrid fantastic so uh, you know what are some of the operational challenges you face in uh, uh, you know of of a ciso chief information security officer what are, what are some of the challenges you faced okay so i've spoken to various cisos in large enterprises and uh, the number one thing that keeps popping up is there's a scarcity of like top talent in security. And why is, why is that? There are very few people who really understand uh, the security technology very well, right? And the threat landscape very well. So there's a there's a scarcity. You, you look at the number of jobs that typical enterprise has, right? Uh, right. And a lot of those uh, do have some component of uh, security knowledge, right? So that's the top uh, uh, i would say the top problem uh, most enterprises face that there's a lack of strong cyber security talent mm -hmm. and so um, now uh, with uh, with these various escalations and fires and other things that are going on uh, where do they have this top talent which is very scarce like what where do they deploy this talent right mm -hmm. so a lot of the enterprises uh, have recognized that uh, uh, they can't have like a top security guy re-image re laptops which was infected like a cookie cutter task right? right so what they started doing was increasingly relying on uh, basically automation 
to mm-hmm. do mundane cookie cutter tasks right, right. Um, now my former uh, semantic colleagues uh, saurabh satish and uh, um, uh, oliver uh, they uh, were amongst the first start this market called uh, secure soar security orchestration and response basically mm-hmm. essentially it was around automated response today uh, in large enterprises ceos are more comfortable with automation to do mundane tasks so mm-hmm. so that they don't uh, use their top talent to do uh, very uh, routine tasks right so well, that's, well justified that's very well justified what's right. the problem with that i think uh, there's there's not much problem with it uh, it has been very successful and uh, there have been uh, a number of successful exits like phantom cyber which was bought by splunk and demisto which was bought by palo alto and i think microsoft also bought something and ibm bought something right this is definitely uh, i would say a trend that these successful startups uh, exploited but the root cause is that there's a lack of cybersecurity talent mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, ceos don't want to deploy their top security guys doing mundane cookie cutter things now mm-hmm. so this is one aspect now there's another aspect uh, uh, that uh, coming back to this ai and ml right mm-hmm. uh, so the problem here is most large enterprises they want determinism right they don't yeah. want probabilistic solution right imagine you go to an enterprise and say uh, like my magic ai and ml algorithm says that this employee is an insider threat gosh now <laughs> what if you were wrong yeah. what yeah. what if you were wrong right yeah. so most enterprises what they want is they want uh, a precise trail of what led you to believe that uh, this is an insider threat so you can't say my uh, my algorithm told me so or like something else right so there is this concept of uh, uh, trustworthy uh, ai and ml right like uh, yeah. uh, a couple of uh, companies an important one called truera uh, started by um, anupam datta uh, from cmu and stanford right um, mm-hmm. which is uh, not exactly in the security space broader space but uh, that's that's the kind of ai and ml that's more likely to be accepted within an enterprise what they call explainable ai mhm mhm right uh, and then you said that um, you have to leave the world of addition and subtraction in your leadership advice why did you say that okay um, math totally makes sense but why okay. did you say that Okay, so um, I've seen uh, in some environments like uh, people think of like uh, uh, in larger, or especially in larger organization. Oh, my gain is that guy's loss, and that guy's uh, gain is my loss, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can't think like that, especially uh, in a startup scenario, right? Um, you, uh, the moment you do that, the net output of uh, your startup will be. Uh, constrained by that right even if you work twice as hard right and yeah. if there are four or five of you right if uh, yeah. uh, unless you uh, change that mindset right your output will be no better than that in a big company yeah no no this is uh, very true so you're saying it's not a zero sum game anymore in a startup everybody is so interdependent on the other And, absolutely absolutely yeah, and you say graduate to the world of multiplication and think exponentiation what did you mean by that okay so 
when when i say uh, uh, people should graduate to the world of multiplication what i mean is like you think of like multiplying the strengths of your uh, members of your team right wow and uh, hopefully they have a positive uh, of say like 0.9 and maybe a negative of 0.1 right so if yeah. you multiply like say uh, uh, four individuals right 0.9 yeah. times 0.9 times uh, 0.9 times 0.9 right so basically the net output is better than uh, in an addition and subtraction scenario mm. <laughs> yeah got it so this is non linear thinking it's a very human centric thinking so startup is really a business of humans it's not anything else i completely agree with that and uh, uh, exponentiation is uh, kind of what i would say is the next level up from multiplication right and uh, i mean say i i tend to think a little bit like more like a computer scientist right and uh, uh, exponentiation is uh, uh, like you can think of it like a hyper growth right exactly a hyper growth or a, a hyper sensitive parameter right if sure. if you adjust the exponent or the base right it yeah. can make significant differences in output compared right. to say like addition and subtraction uh, scenario definitely and you know sunday such exciting thoughts here um uh, definitely in startup world uh, you have to have so many scales of thinking you covered the technology side you covered um, new ways of looking at leadership as a uh, techie in a startup now uh, as a as a parting thought to our listeners uh, what kind of advice do you have for leaders in the technology domain today what should and what should they not do okay i think the number one thing uh, it's all about the team mm. <laughs> right yes. Uh, yeah. if you if you typically talk to an investor right they'll look at three uh, dimensions right uh, whenever they make an investment yeah. um, market team and technology and yeah. they'll list it in that order mm. i would list it in a slightly different order mm-hmm. i would list it in terms of team market and technology and the reason why i'm uh, uh, swapping market and team is if you have the right team they'll figure out it will figure out you are not in the right market and pivot very quickly correct right? correct so the uh, team is the most important element and uh, all aspects you know um, you can you can put uh, 10 hot shots in a room but the net output could still be zero because they are always arguing and fighting absolutely as opposed to doing something right absolutely so a team that is complementary and basically is action oriented fantastic this is very good advice i remember this was one of the most resounding uh, advice i heard you know back then it just etched in my mind in fact you said team 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 and then everything else you were like very emphatic about it when you spoke to the investor in, you know uh, when i met you first time so you know with that with such a jam packed insightful session i have to call the session to a close with lot of reluctance uh thank you sanjay ji for this amazing uh, half hour or so where you spilled beans of wisdom and uh, we definitely hope to bring you again on this podcast with your new, uh, latest ventures thank you once again for being part of this show thank you vidya appreciate thank you